Praise the Lord. Thank you all so very much. You can be seated. And thank you, musicians and worship leaders. What a great time this morning, huh? I love that song. You're a good, good father. Hallelujah. You know, it's it's really important that we're anchored in the Father's love. I, I, I've told you before, and I'm going to tell you again, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, or whether you like it or not, God loves you completely. And that's the gospel truth. There's no disappointment in the Father with you. In other words, your life hidden in Christ. Jesus is God's opinion of you. And this is the beauty of believing, and this is the joy to me in preaching, announcing to people the redeemed innocence in Christ. Because it can change everything, and it can reposition you to the place of favor or good fortune. And I'm going to be teaching about that a little bit today. I know you're going to like it a lot. Praise the Lord. Let me again just say thank you so very much. And uh, to Pastor Mike for inviting me, he and Beth, and of course the church family here have been such an encouragement to Heidi and I through the years. And as the different fathers were announcing how long they've been here, it just made me happy to see uh, steadfastness and faithfulness and uh, consistency. You know, going, going the distance with anyone and anything is, is challenging. You got to do it in faith. And uh, I was thinking, Heidi and I were talking recently about uh, the, the years of our ministry. We saw some old pictures of us, you know, from like a thousand years ago. It seemed like, you know, we were just kids. I went into full-time ministry right out of college in uh, September 1979. I was 21, just getting ready to turn uh, 22 and uh, thereabouts. And uh, I, I was just, just, just a kid. And now you look all these years later, and I'm still about the Father's business. And I'm so glad, even with all the disappointments, even with all the challenges, even with all the frustration and all the explosions that seem to be happening in our world. I was telling you about the explosion in Beirut, Lebanon, and how it really rocked our world these last 10 months. And yet God somehow in his mercy lifted us in the midst of a mess, and we continue to convey the Father's love there. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. But all of us experience explosions. All of us experience chaos. All of us experience things that happen in our arena that weren't directed at us, but affected us. In other words, there's things that happen with our spouse, our kids, our grandkids, our neighborhood, our nation. It brings turbulence to your soul. I know this last... Uh, 15, 16 months, whatever it's been with COVID and all the dynamics of politics and the chaos really with the communication and, and, and understanding in the United States even. I mean, all the nations of the world are troubled, of course, but all the challenges that we have in our own nation, it's like little explosions and it can bring turbulence to your heart. It can aggravate you. It can make you mad. It can uh, make you want to retaliate. You get frustrated. What I've had to do in my life to guard my heart and protect my heart is isolate myself to what I feed on, what news I take in. So I begin to cut off things in my life, different things relating to social media, the news, whatever, from the right, from the left, from whatever, and keep my eyes fixed on the love of the Lamb. Otherwise, I was troubled with the explosions, the things in my life that I couldn't figure out, the things in my life that I could not fix. You know, I've learned throughout all these years of ministry that I can't fix people. I can't even fix my kids. 
I can't fix my grandkids. I can't fix my wife, but she doesn't need fixing. Hallelujah. If she's watching, Heidi, that's for you. Praise I, can, I can't fix me. But you know what I can do? I can find the place where the love of the Father positions me perfectly in his purposes and plans. So I'm going to share something with you this morning that uh, will thrill you. It's going to lift you. You know, love always lifts. It elevates. It positions you where you belong. You're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And so I want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, since I don't have the scriptures on the screen, follow along with me with a physical Bible if you still carry one like me or use a digital Bible on your phone or whatever device you have. Let's pray. Father, these are your kids. Thank you for loving us today. Thank you for a living word that settles deep in our hearts today. Let our minds uh, embrace it. Let our, let our decisions cooperate with it. Lift your people. Deliver us from the pain of the explosions in life that we can't figure out. Thank you, Jesus. You're a good, good father. Every need is met of every person within the sound of my voice in this great auditorium or those watching via the live stream options. Father, every person is helped and given great hope today. Healed and whole, I say, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, verse 24. Jesus said to them, Take heed what you hear. Take heed what you hear. Okay, Jesus is giving us a framework of thinking for the chaos of life. He says, take heed what you hear. In other words, you have to have some parameters on what you're going to feed on. What you're going to take and ingest and live according to. You're going to have to put some parameters on it. Take heed what you hear. Look at Jesus goes on to say in Luke chapter 8, verse 18. Therefore, Jesus said, take heed how you hear. Take heed how you hear. I think it's very, very important with the explosions that happen in our lives that we really uh, discriminate with the information we gather and we take heed what we hear and we take heed how we hear it. Because then we can uh, uh, recalibrate our worldview based on his word and his purposes to move forward with wisdom. Let me explain what I mean by telling you a story. It has to do with somebody hearing or not hearing, taking heed what they heard or how they heard. I think you're going to like this story. It's in the book of Acts, chapter 20. You can follow along with me in the story because we'll be pausing throughout the story to discuss it a little bit. But Acts chapter 20, verse 7. Here's what the Bible says. Now, on the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, let's pause. So on the first day of the week, the disciples came together to share a meal, but more than a meal. They came together to break bread. This is in the book of Acts and throughout the Bible many times is referred to the communion meal or, or the Lord's Supper. They came together purposefully to take communion. Now what happens when you take communion? You preach the gospel uh, perfectly. It's the perfect way to preach the gospel. 
Because you show Jesus' death, his burial, and his risenness, and the communion shows us how we're included in him. Do you know the Bible teaches that you died with Christ? You were buried with Christ. You were raised with Christ. You were risen with Christ. You ascended with him. You're seated with him. This is the mystery of the gospel. But it's all revealed in the work of the one, in the obedience of Jesus, in the love of the Lamb. And so they came together to celebrate their righteousness in Christ Jesus. See, righteousness, friend, is not something you do, per se. Righteousness is something you receive. Righteousness is gifted to you. You don't gain righteousness with God based on work, based on effort, based on good deeds, based on anything but the blood of the Lamb. And Jesus, the Bible teaches, was raised for our justification, for our righteousness. And so we have to take time and remind ourselves we are the righteousness of God in Christ, even on our worst day. It's just as righteous as we are on our best day. We are the righteousness of God, and this is what's preached in the beauty and the power of the supper, the last meal. It, it, so it says, uh, they came together to break bread. It says, Paul, now let's pause another moment. Paul, who's Paul? Paul is the apostle who used to be called Saul of Tarsus. Now remember, Saul of Tarsus was, was a religious man according to the law, very studied, very brilliant man. And, uh, but he was uh, full of religious rage because he persecuted the people who were followers of the Messiah. They were followers of Jesus. They believed the righteousness with God is gifted through the Lamb. They followed Jesus, and Paul couldn't see it, or Saul couldn't see it. So he persecuted the church. He would bind them. It was like religious terrorism to a degree. He would, bind, he would consent to their death. He would haul them to prison. But one day Jesus got his attention. Jesus knocked him off his high horse. Remember the story in Acts chapter 9? Jesus knocks him off his high horse and speaks to him. Saul, Saul, why? Why are you persecuting me? And so it's so interesting. They have this conversation and Jesus gives him instruction and puts him uh, in connection with a brother named Ananias. And Ananias was to teach him or to feed him really the love of the Lamb, the truth of Jesus. And Saul became a Christian. And it says straightway he preached Christ. He preached Christ to people right away. But then the Lord took him aside for a period of over three years. Paul gives his testimony in the book of Galatians, and he took him to the desert, and in the desert, the father, in his love for Saul, downloaded to him the revelation of the new covenant. It's called in the Bible, Pauline revelation. When you think about it, you know the Bible has the Old Testament outlining the old covenant, where righteousness came to the Jewish people through their obedience to the law. But in the new covenant, it's a new covenant based on better promises, where righteousness comes to all based on the work of Jesus and the blood of the Lamb. And so this had to be revealed. 
And so God chose Saul, who would become Paul, to bring a revelation, which is called Pauline Revelation. So, you know, after this book, we're in the book of Acts, you know, it's Romans, 1st and 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, all these books written really by Paul, the apostle. God downloaded him in him the life of Christ according to the cross. The life of Christ according to redemption. In other words, not the life of Christ according to the flesh. That's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But the life of Christ according to the cross or the new covenant is revealed through this guy named Paul. So the Bible says they gathered in Paul. It's this Paul, the apostle Paul. He was ready to depart the next day, it says in verse 7. And he spoke to them and continued his message. Let's pause. What do you think Paul was preaching? What do you think Paul's message was? I bet it was Pauline revelation. I bet he was thrilled with the love of the Lamb. I bet he was thrilled to announce to people you're complete in him. That Jesus has been made unto you wisdom. He's your righteousness. He's your holiness. He's your redemption. Paul was preaching Pauline revelation till midnight. Now that's a long meeting. I want to encourage you all today. I'm not even going to preach till noon. Hallelujah. Amen. It's, I, because I'm going to watch the golf match too. Hallelujah. A little bit. I know it will be later this afternoon where it concludes. But the, the, the thing is, I'm not going to preach as long as Paul. Paul was a long-winded brother. He had a meeting that went till midnight. But this is the beauty of the gospel. Have you ever sat with people and just immersed in the mystery of Christ? Immersed yourself in the mystery, the revelation of the new creation? It's astonishing. And there's still mystery aspects to it. It's always being unfolded. Do you know what the Bible teaches that in the ages to come? God is going to make known to you the manifold riches of his grace. You know it's going to take ages? But you and I need to live with the thrill of the gospel here. Because it will anchor you, it will motivate you, and it will position you to live in full favor with the Father and find good fortune in every part of your life. Let me explain what I mean. Let's read on. Verse 7, he spoke to them and continued his message until midnight. Verse 8, there were many lamps in the upper room where they gathered together. I want you to know that any time... There's preaching or communication of the Pauline revelation, what God has done for you in Christ. Anytime there's preaching and communication of Pauline revelation, there's illumination. There's light. It's like, have you ever, it's like listening to your pastor, Pastor Mike, you know, on Friday, I was loading up, uh, had uh, this gentleman who works for me, a beautiful brother, Tim Bergstrom. He was getting all the, I said, I want to give everything away free Sunday. Just get a bunch of books and whatever. And I want to bless everybody on Father's Day. He said, you're not going to charge anything for nothing? I said, no. So just going to sow it as a seed on Father's Day because we have a good, good father. So he put all this together. He said, where are you going? I said, I'm going to be with Pastor Mike Webb. He said, I love Pastor Mike. 
He said, I record on the television every week his messages. I listen to him faithfully. He's my favorite preacher. I said, now don't say things like that around me, hallelujah, tell that to other people. But he just loves, you know why? Because your pastor has a grace to, to, to bring out and bring forth Pauline revelation. It's the truth of Jesus according to redemption. It's the truth of Jesus according to the cross. And, and, and uh, what's so amazing about, about this, sometimes you sit and you listen, it's like the light goes on. Like I sometimes tune into the services live when I'm traveling and see things pop up on social media and I'll, I'll watch. And your pastor, sometimes I've got to take notes because something's said that thrills my spirit. A light went on. But this is what happened in the illustration here. Paul is preaching Paul's revelation till midnight and the lights are coming on. See, this is why it's important that you gather. This is why it's important that we're physically present. Because something happens, something's triggered in our hearts and in our lives when the gospel's preached uh, according to the finished work. Something happens. Now, if you're preaching just according to your capacity for a righteousness based on yourself, depression will set in. You'll have to live as a hypocrite to qualify. But when you get the love of the Lamb, the finished work of Jesus, that he's reconciled me to the Father with an eternal redemption, suddenly the light comes on and you want to enter in and live according to his love. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So there were many lights in the upper room where they were gathered together. Verse 9, it says, In a window sat a certain young man named Eutychus. Let's pause. A young man. This is what I told you. Now I'm uh, going to be 64 in September. So uh, I've decided in this season of my life, I'm building these retreats. I call this one in the Philippines, the retreat at Victory Lane. Because there's always victory in Jesus. And that's the name of our road going into our campus there where we have two homes, our life homes for our kids, our orphanage called Super Kids. And then we have built a big pavilion. I may have shown you when I was here last time. I can't remember. You know, for concerts and events and stuff. Now, this will be our last project on this campus. But it's for young people. It's for young people like Eutychus. Do you know what Eutychus means? Eutychus means good fortune or good favor. Do you know every human heart craves good fortune? You want things to go well with you. You want things to go well with your kids, your marriage, your family. You want to find favor. You want prosperity. Of course you do. We all do. Every human heart craves to be a Eutychus, to have good fortune and good favor. And where do you find it? You find it in the teaching of Paul's revelation. That's the new covenant of grace. You find the revelation of the love of the Lamb and it gives you fortune. It tells you you're favored by the Father based on the Lamb. And so good, this, this guy, uh, Eutychus, he was a young guy. These are the guys we want to train, the young girls we want to train. People who believe in the new covenant, believe in the finished work of Jesus, not ashamed of the gospel in this culture or any culture of the world. People who would make a stand to live in the authority of the kingdom of God, not according to this humanistic age of darkness. 
And so we're going to find the Eutychuses. And we're going to train them in the love of the Lamb. So this brother Eutychus, it says, he was sinking into a deep sleep. Well, brother Paul's preaching till midnight. You know, give the guy a break, huh? He's sleeping. I, I know through the years have been times I've been preaching, and people have been getting a great rest. They're resting in the Lord while I'm preaching. I have a beautiful friend, two members of the board of directors of Mutual Faith. They've been members since we started Mutual Faith, 1984. And uh, Ray, Ray and Rita, Ray's 92. He's going to be 93 in December. I talked to Rita yesterday. She's younger. You never ask a woman her age. Hallelujah. So she's still 39, and she's lovely. But anyway, we're talking a little bit. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting that uh, I forgot what I was talking about. <laughs> um, rest. Rest. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I was talking about rest. I need a nap myself. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Uh, thank you. My friend Rita, we were, we were talking laughing because through the years, you know, they would like to come and hear me preach when I'm preaching in Southern California and stuff. And, uh, she would always fall asleep during my, my preaching. And she had like a sleep disorder or something. So I always would joke with her. I say, Rita, you need to be with me almost every day. You would have perfect sleep every day of your life. <laughs> If you would just hear me preach, hallelujah. But, but this brother, Eutychus, he fell into a deep sleep. He was so overcome by sleep, verse 9. And as Paul continued preaching or speaking, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. Let's pause. What a bummer. <laughs> this is a meeting that went south. You know what I mean? This is a meeting that went bad, huh? Now, I've preached all over the world, you know, over 70 nations and with our campuses and teams through the years. And I've had a lot of crazy things happen in meetings, but thank God nobody ever fell down dead. Hallelujah. And may it never happen. But anyway, Paul's preaching in Eutychus, good fortune, good favor, falls asleep. Here's the imagery I want to share. Anytime you fall asleep to the new covenant of grace or to Paul's revelation, you'll fall from grace. You'll drop. And you'll live like you're a dead man. You'll live like you're spiritually dead. You'll live carnal. You'll live fleshly and think you enjoy it. Anytime you fall asleep to Paul's revelation, you'll be taken up dead. And this is why it's important to take heed what you hear and take heed how you hear. And this is why each and every one of you, you and your families are blessed to be planted in this place, in this church, where you hear the word, where you hear the new covenant of grace, where you hear Paul's revelation of who you are in Jesus Christ. It's imperative that we hear it daily, that we hear it constantly, because everything in the world system fights it. And so you need somebody to tell you the truth. And so today it's me. Hallelujah. I get to tell you, don't fall asleep to Paul's revelation. You'll live like you're dead. You won't understand the revelation of the new creation. You won't understand the beauty of who you are in Christ. It's very, very important that we stay connected and hear 
the word of Christ. So he fell down dead. Verse 20. I'm sorry. Acts 20 verse 10. It says, but Paul went down. Let's pause. Do you know that Pauline revelation doesn't go hide? Pauline revelation goes to the rescue. You know, God came down to us. He came down to this earth. He came down to our mess. He came down, invaded our explosions, invaded our chaos, invaded our sin. He came down. Paul, on the third floor, came down where the dead man lied. This is why, to me, mission is important. People say, Keith, why do you keep doing what you're doing? Because I believe it. I believe every person on the planet should hear it. I believe every person on the planet needs to know the revelation so they're lifted to the realm of a new creation. And they're seated with Christ. And they can walk in good fortune. They can walk with massive favor that only the Father gives. That's why I preach. That's why I'm still preaching. That's why I haven't quit. Even though I want, at, at times, like, you know, I always told Heidi, I said, Heidi, just think, if I would have had a job, you know, like in a company, I've been in missions ministry over 40 years. Man, if I put in 40-some years somewhere, I, I, you know, it seemed like you'd get something, you know. But I love preaching the gospel. And I'm going to preach as long as I have strength. If I have to stand under a tree and announce the news, I'm going to let people know of the reconciled innocence. And let them believe and receive and be lifted. So Paul went down. Look at it says again, verse 10. Paul went down and he fell on him. And he embraced him. And said, do not trouble yourselves. His life is in him. Let's pause it again. Notice that those filled with the finished work revelation, the new covenant revelation, they go into the mess and they say something. They say something. What was it? Don't fear. Don't trouble yourself. His life is in him. See, if you really believe in the love of the Lamb, you announce resurrection life when everybody else is, uh, wants to run. You know, it took friends in my life when there was this massive explosion, ripped our campus apart. You know, a few hundred thousand dollars. I thought, how in the world am I ever going to do this? There's no way. Not in our little world. But, you know, God had people come to my rescue without me asking. And spoke. And provided. And lifted. You need somebody to come into your world when you fall from hearing the revelation of Jesus. You need somebody, look at it, said, he, he fell on him. Think of the imagery. Let's say Eutychus was, you know, the, the rafters here of the sanctuary and the brother fell. And he's, he, the dude's dead. Let's say I'm the, the Apostle Paul. I just didn't kneel down and take his hand and and have a prayer. Oh God, please help us here. Somebody called 911. No, no, no. What Paul did, Paul fell on him. He fell on him and then he embraced him. 
he embraced him. I call it the embrace of grace. The embrace of grace is the only thing that lifts you. Notice when Paul met him, he didn't give him any instructions of correction. There may be a time later for that. But what people need mostly is an embrace of grace. Do you know what the embrace of grace is? It's the message. It's the message of the new covenant. It's the message of the death and risenness of the Lamb. Everybody needs to hear it. Don't fall away from hearing it. Don't go to sleep hearing Paul's revelation. You fall from grace. You fall out of favor. You fall out of fortune. So what does good grace filled people do? They embrace you. And they speak over you. Love always lifts you. And takes you back to the place where you belong. In fact, that's what the next verse said. Paul said, don't trouble yourself. His life is in, in verse 10. Verse 11 says, now when they had come up, they returned to the high place. The imagery, returned your thinking, returned your worldview to your seated with Christ in heavenly places. This is where you belong. This is where you belong. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. Eutychus had to repent. And when I'm using the term repent, I'm using it with the, the technical Greek translation, which is to change the way you think. And he shifted his thinking from a fallen state, a spiritually dead state, to the place where there's revelation, where the light goes on, where there's favor, where there's fortune, where God sovereignly, supernaturally, beautifully organizes every step of your life. It's in the beauty of the new covenant that Paul preached. I love it. So when they had come up, verse 11 said, they had broken bread and eaten. Let's pause. You notice that when they went up, nobody had a applause for the apostle. Paul said, wow. You're absolutely amazing. You raised the dead. We were all full of fear. You're a great, wonderful man of God. Let's talk about how great and fantastic you are. None of that nonsense. You know how they celebrated? With communion. With communion. They went up and they broke bread. You know, I take communion a lot. In good times and bad times. Jesus gets all the praise for anything that happens beautifully, really, in our lives. He gets all the praise. If you believe this, say amen. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. They broken bread, they, they ate, and then they talked a long while. Even till daybreak, and he departed. Do you know that after they had communion and spoke of the new covenant through the perfect preaching of the, the bread and the cup? They had the ministry of yak. They talked. 
Yak is uh, a slang word that, I don't know, we used to always say as a kid, I don't know if it's a West Coast word or not, but in the Midwest we'd say yak, yakety yak. You know, sometimes we just need to talk. You ever enjoy just sitting around a table with somebody and just talking? You like to lace it with the beauty of Jesus now and then? You like to lace your conversation with what God has done for you in Christ? You like to just raise a hallelujah when you're laughing about something that's going on? You and I need this kind of ministry. I think sometimes the ministry we miss most is the ministry of camaraderie, the ministry of being together, the ministry of an embrace, a fist bump, a shoulder bump, whatever you want to do during COVID. I like to just hug people in Jesus' name. People need the embrace of grace. They need to be lifted. Why? Because people live disappointed. People are overwhelmed. People have fallen in so many different areas of life and they don't know why. They have so many questions. Here's your answer. Retune your ear to what you hear and how you hear. And I promise you this, if you stay in the new covenant of Paul's teaching, which is comprised of the New Testament of your Bible, this is Jesus's life according to his death in rising. If you stay embraced in the beauty of your position in the new covenant in Christ, the light will go on. Hope is present. There's energy. There's joy, there's ideas, there's wisdom, there's knowledge, there's everything you need. Suddenly, it shows up. It's there in the gospel. I found just in the last like 72 hours, God just thrilling my spirit. Just thrilling my spirit with things to preach. I've been preaching to myself making myself happy, hallelujah. Once I get the message down, I'll preach it to my wife, hallelujah, till midnight, praise the Lord. Then I'll call it quits, praise the Lord. But no, I love, I love when God just brings illumination and revelation when the light goes on. When the light goes on. Don't fall asleep to teaching. Don't fall asleep to the revelation of Paul. Don't fall asleep to the new cup. Don't put yourself on the treadmill of the old game. Making your life based on you and your capacity. You're finished. It's over. Let your life be hid in Christ and God. Let your life be swallowed up in Jesus. This is the beauty of believing. Look at verse 12. And they brought this young man alive, and they were not a little comforted. I love this. They brought the young man in alive, and it brings joy. This is what I find in you know, missions work around the world with, with all of our teams, all of our campuses. When you see the light go on in people, when you see them established in the faith, when you see the beauty of the transformation just through the message preached. And all of us probably have a salvation story, so to speak, when the light first came on and we passed from darkness into light, the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. But sometimes it's easy to not listen to the message of the new covenant and fall back. And live as though you're a dead man. Live as though you're apart from Christ. You need somebody to come around you, my dear brother, <laughs> and embrace you. You need an embrace of grace 
where it's so sloppy it makes you feel uncomfortable. You ever have somebody give you a hug like, uh, yeah, yikes. You know, I, I, I'm kind of, I like to shake hands and give little hugs. I, I'm a side hugger. You know, I give side hugs. Hey, bless you, sweetheart. Bless you, mister. You know, great to. But, but there was a pastor friend. Your pastors would know them very well. Uh, for many years, I, I preached for him down in Temecula. His name was uh, Roger Brewer. And uh, Pastor Roger, he's been in heaven now many years, but he, he was like a master hugger. He was a serial hugger. Hallelujah. He was, he was an embracer. He would, he would hug you and hold you, but not from the side like a Keith Hershey chicken hug. No, it was, it was like a frontal hug. And he would hug you and he like my head's over his shoulder and I'm thinking, okay, bro, we can let go. <laughs> you know, kind of thing. But you know, this is, this is really what we need. I'm not talking about in a physical sense, but sometimes physical is helpful. I'm talking about in a spiritual sense where people are smothered with sloppy agape, with greasy grace, with whatever you want to call it. I mean, people use that, those terms derogatory. But listen, the pureness of the gospel makes no sense. It's radical. It's scandalous in and of itself that God would justify the ungodly. How could it be? Grace grants it. I'm all for sloppy agape for the Eutychus of the world. You say, Keith, but you got to teach him where they went wrong in time. But let them be lifted first. Let them be seated back where they belong. Let them listen to the revelation of Paul again. Let them take communion. You know why? Because the Bible teaches when you awake to righteousness, then you sin not. You don't correct yourself through any uh, capacity of your own. This Holy Spirit equipped. And this is the beauty of believing. This is the beauty of eating and drinking communion. It's the revelation of Paul. And when Paul told it to the church of Christ, he said, this is what the Lord Jesus told him. He said, I was caught up. Whether I was in the body or out of the body, I don't know. But there's such a revelation, I can't even express it. This is why, you know, when you hear gifted teachers in the body of Christ, like, like your pastor, Pastor Mike, and others, sometimes, you know, even my son, I hear my son preach. And I go home and I tell my, my wife, Heidi, I said, Heidi, if I lived a thousand years, I could never preach what he just preached. I'm astonished. I love, I love when the revelations, people sitting under your pastor and people who have those gifts. It's so rich, but don't get tired of it. And don't fall asleep to it. Because your favor and your fortune is found in the revelation of Jesus. Hallelujah. What time is it? It's 11 o'clock. You all doing okay? Hallelujah. It's not even midnight yet. Hallelujah. And there's no windows for you to fall out of. And if you do fall out, an usher will fall on you. Hallelujah. Okay. Praise the Lord. Let me show you real quick. Like I said, when Saul was converted to Paul because of a conversation with the Lamb, Jesus, 
It says straightway he preached Christ to them. He preached Christ to them. You know, that's kind of the salvation message, preaching Christ to somebody. But then when Paul went away to the desert and for over three years had the download from Jesus of the new covenant of grace, then Paul's message changed. He says in the book of Galatians, chapter 1, verse 16, it says to reveal his son in me. So now it's not Christ to you, it's Christ in me. This is the revelation of the new creation in the new covenant that Christ is in you. It's astonishing. Don't fall asleep to it. Because if you do, you live like you're an empty vessel. And you'll live in your own sufficiency when the su sufficiency of God is dwelling in you. He said, he revealed, he revealed his son in me, Christ in me, that I might preach this gospel, that I might preach Jesus among the Gentiles, Paul said. This is the revelation for all the church, that I might be found in him because he found himself in me. Don't get tired of it. Don't fall asleep to it. People always say to me, Keith, you always preach so simple. You always preach on the love of God because I have to hear it every day. I have, to, I have to hear it every day. I need the new covenant revelation every day because the strength of this world system will draw you away where you'll try to live on your own. And you'll find yourself fallen. You'll find yourself acting like the world with no stamina to stand in the evil day. Look at this. This is kind of cool about Paul's revelation. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 16. Look at it. It says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Pause. Let's pause. Now, the apostle Paul is preaching to the believers in a city called Corinth, Gentile believers. And he says, now, from now on, we regard or we know no one according to the flesh. Physical attributes. This is the way human people judge everything according to the flesh. Spiritual people don't. Look at it, it says, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Now, Pauline's revelation is not even to know Jesus according to the flesh. That's why, like I said, in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you find the stories of Jesus' physical life, his physical death, his physical resurrection from the dead, his physical ascension. You see that in the Gospels. But in Paul's writings... There is no reference of Jesus according to the flesh at all. It's knowing Jesus according to the cross. It's like the redemptive words of Jesus through his redemptive work in red, so to speak. That's why when you, when you look at Paul's writings like Romans, how rich is that? Galatians, my, 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 my. Ephesians, Philippians. 
Clash, you know, it's like the first, Ephesians, Philippians, like the first three chapters, for example, of Ephesians tell you who you are in Christ. It's the redemptive work of Jesus. The last three chapters show you how that expresses through you and how to live. But it's not a rule book of how to live until you know where you're anchored, where you're seated, that you have good fortune and good favor. Now the life of Jesus can accomplish what is requested in the nature of Jesus. So we're knowing Jesus not according to the flesh, but according to the cross, according to his redemptive work. We know him thus no longer according to the flesh. Then the next verse, verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he or she's a new creation. Old things passed away. Behold, all things are new. It's astonishing. The revelation of the new creation from Paul's preaching is not knowing Jesus according to the flesh. It's knowing Jesus according to the cross. That's why, you know, when you're talking to people many, many times, their understanding is only Jesus according to the flesh. But what brings transformation is the revelation of Paul. That's why Paul's preaching is powerful. And this is where you get your strength. This is where you find favor. This is where you find your fortune, your good fortune. The Eutychus life, so to speak, is expressed through you, even though you've taken a fall. Don't be disappointed in yourself for anything. Don't live with any type of frustration. Anytime you've taken your eyes off the gospel, you've fallen, you've something, done, done something stupid, the, the embrace of grace lifts you and repositions you and you move forward. And the beautiful thing about the way Paul preached, the, the Bible says, according to Paul, that God keeps no record of your wrong. I like that. It makes me breathe easy. I'm forgiven. I have an eternal redemption. Hallelujah. See, it makes you just want to have communion. Raise a hallelujah. Say, thank you, Jesus, for the love of the Lamb. Look at Peter, how he approached this. 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 16. The Apostle Peter says it this way, as also in all of his epistles, speaking of Paul, and also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which some things are hard to understand. Now think about that. The Apostle Peter says the Apostle Paul's teachings are hard to understand. Pauline revelation, you can, you can, uh, you can uh, grow tired of because it takes a commitment. I was talking recently to a friend and um, a beautiful brother. I've known him for many, many years. He and his wife, beautiful. They're business people and they've helped me with different projects overseas and they've been drawn back, you know, the last year and a half of, of everything and not gathering, not listening, not, not being in tune, because things they thought seemed a little dry. And so I said, friend, listen, here's, here's what you need to calculate now. Now, I didn't use, he, he never heard me teach this. This is kind of a new teaching. He needs to hear this, though. You can't fall asleep to the revelation of Paul. 
You can't do it. It'll affect your business. It'll affect your mind. It'll affect your emotional life. It'll affect your relationships. Because it's like you fall from where favor is found, which is in Christ. Good fortune, you know, flees because good fortune is all found in Christ. You, you can't fall asleep because something seems hard. Something seems tedious. You have to wade through it. You have to give yourself to it. You, 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 you have to make a commitment to the revelation of Paul. And that's why, you know, when you hear wonderful, rich teachers, like I said already a couple times, but people like your pastor who can teach rich, dynamic, strong, profound, powerful truths, you got to anchor in, you got to set in, you got to receive and say, Holy Spirit, help. Filter this. Help me digest it. Help me trigger it. Come in, let it come alive. Because these are the things that keep you positioned. You don't want to fall. You don't want to fall from grace. You don't want to fall asleep to the revelation of Paul. So it, it says, Peter says, some of these things are hard to understand, which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do the rest of the scriptures. You know, people who aren't established in Christ, in Christ alone, they'll have you sign up for all kinds of stuff. They'll sell you all kinds of goodies. They'll have you uh, on a treadmill to make your emotions feel good about you in your spiritual development or whatever. But listen, there's something about resting. Resting in the finished work of Jesus. Resting in the love of the Lamb. Announcing it. Invading the world around me of people who, who are lifeless, so to speak. They've fallen away from the gospel. I'm amazed at how many young people fall away from the gospel when they go off to college or whatever. They fall away. You know, they, 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 they're, 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 they're angry at their parents for taking them to church or whatever. They're angry at the church because the church taught them whatever they taught them, you know. Instead of just sinking in and, and developing a living faith for themselves. It's important that we learn how to love people and bless people. Here's one thing I know about the embrace of grace. When you're smothered in it, when you, when you have no other options in life, have you ever been there? Where nothing can fix you except the love of God in Christ? I've been there more than I can testify. And so sometimes I get emotional about it because it's real to me. And I don't mind. I don't mind. Even in family life. Even in family life. Jesus is ever faithful. The embrace of grace will always lift you. It will never leave you as you are. It will always lift you. Love lifts. Love lifted me. Love lifted me. When nothing else could help. Love lifted me. You don't want to hear me sing. Okay. The embrace of grace brings life into you. The embrace of grace takes you to the highest level. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. The embrace of grace restores you completely. So apply the Pauline revelation to everyone and everything. Imply the living truth of the new covenant that everything that seems dead 
or deathly. Speak the love of the Lamb. Speak the name of Jesus. Speak the power of God's word. And always guard your heart. Take heed what you hear and how you hear, because the world's full of explosions. Things happen. Chaos. Calamity. Things that we disagree with. Things that we don't like. But you and I aren't of this world. We're of the kingdom of God's dear son. Did you all enjoy the word today? Give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Just put your hands over your heart. Father, these are your beautiful people. These are your kids. Lord Jesus, I just take a moment to bless them. Those watching via live stream today, those watching even later in the day, whenever they tune in. Father, let their hearts be healed. Let them sense right now and embrace. In fact, friend, just wrap yourself with your own arms. Just put your, put your hands on yourself. Just squeeze yourself a little bit. You need to believe that God loves you completely. You need to believe that. And you can't believe it on your own. It takes the revelation of the new covenant for it to come alive. God has no disappointments in you in Christ. Faith made all things new for you. Father, I thank you that we can establish our hearts. Lord, these friends probably just like me. There's something in their world that went wrong. There's an explosion. Something happened and messed something up. So, Father, we just speak your word over it. We say, Jesus, 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 do a perfect work. Those in our world that we can hug, we hug. We lift them. We speak over them. You are God's beloved son. Walk in the reality of redemption. Father, help us to lift people. Let the light come on. Lord Jesus, even when we preach, we can't debate anybody into nothing. People are full of rebellion. People are obstinate. But Lord Jesus, you have a plan. It's the gospel. It's the gospel of grace. It's the revelation of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. It's the gospel of grace. It's the revelation of Jesus. We thank you that every need of every person is met here. Lift the folks up. Give them great joy in believing today. Heal the hurt. I pray for those who have pain emotionally. Let the emotional pain dissolve in Jesus' name. I pray for people who are physically ill. Let that pain dissolve in Jesus' name. Let there be healing and wholeness. Father, we lift everybody up who feels spiritually dead. Who lives in disappointment that they've fallen, that they've done something, again, so stupid and so sinful. Lift him, Holy Spirit. Lift him, lift him, lift him, restore them. Thank you, Father, for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, if you're within the sound of my voice, whether in this facility or watching online, if you've never given your life to Jesus, the best thing I can encourage you to do is put your faith in the Lord. 
Jesus said, you know, that if we feed on him, if we eat of his flesh, if we drink of his blood, we have eternal life. Think about that. Jesus said that. And you know, he went to the cross and took all your sin, all your shame, put it on himself, took the punishment for our sin and the sin of the whole world. It's remarkable. Went and took our judgment was raised from the dead by the faith of the operation of God. And the Bible says if you can just believe it and decree it, you'll receive it. If you'd like to say a simple prayer with me, in fact, let's just say a prayer for everybody for sake of uh, online. I know most of you are here and have prayed this prayer before, but I'm, I'm just inviting all the congregation say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, I receive your love. Thank you for eternal life. I believe you died for me. You were raised from the dead. I'm born again. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have good favor. I have good fortune because I'm in Christ. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Friend, if you prayed that prayer, contact the church. I know Pastor Mike and Beth and the team would love to get you some materials to help you grow. And speaking of materials, friends, as you hang out today, give somebody an embrace of grace or a handshake, something you're comfortable with, of course, but just let somebody know their love, that God's lifting them. If you know somebody has been in a challenging point, just encourage them today. And as you go, make sure you get some of those books. Everything out there is free, and uh, you're going to be blessed abundantly by what you receive. God bless you. Thanks for letting me share.